welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast, the first one for 2020. It is January, what is it? January 6th. Woohoo! Hope you had a great one. Hope you had a fantastic 2020 week. Your first week in the first new decade in for 2020. I guess that's what it is. Welcome to Guitar Wank 2020. This is your host, Troy McCubbin. And every episode I will talk like this from now on. This is my New Year's resolution. And this is how I will talk. <laughs> how are you? Did you have a wonderful New Year's? Hope you did. Hope you played some gigs or you, you played a song or you got drunk or I don't know. Whatever you did, I hope you did it well and you had fun. That's what it's all about, right? I don't know what I did because... Uh, I'm still in that place we talked about last week. I'm still on the 31st of December at 1.30 in the morning, editing these, well, not editing these uh, Guitar Wank podcasts to, to serve them up to you. Uh, so there you go. So that's what I'm doing. But um, I'm trying to lift, have the spirit of New Year's uh, 2020, feeling positive, pumped, ready to learn. I'm ready to get better this year, better than last year. Last year, Troy really sucked. This year, I will be amazing, as you will too, my friend, my fellow listener. Thank you for sticking with us. And this is a great way to start the year. This couldn't be more positive than sitting down with Scott and Bruce and listening to their bullshit and and learning from their mistakes and taking that and being better all-round people and musicians. That's what our goal is, ladies and gentlemen. So today we're going to continue on from last uh, episode because it just got better and better. I think it did. I can't remember actually, but I assume it did. Remember, this is the 6th of uh, January and in two days, crikey's two days, Mr. Bruce Foreman will be uh, playing at the Green Room 42 in New York City. It's off-Broadway. It's so far off-Broadway, it's not even near Broadway, but apparently it's uh, in New York City on 570, 570 10th Avenue. The Green Room, 42. Go check it out. Wednesday night, 7 p.m. January 8th. That's two two days. Go see it. So, uh, yeah, so there you go. That's all i got to yell and scream at. But uh, we've got big things planned for this year, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a huge year for Guitar Wank. Uh, We're going to take it to the next level. Um, Yeah, we will. We just will. So, um, yeah, without further ado, uh, Happy New Year. We hope you're all well and uh, the year's kicking off. The first week of this year is kicking off to be a great one. And I am currently in Sydney, Manly Beach. That's where I am right now. I'm probably sitting on a beach somewhere on Manly Beach, enjoying the sun or the smoke. I don't know how much smoke from all the fires down there there will be, but I'm excited that uh, I am doing that. So, uh, yeah, so if you're in Manly Beach, uh, give me a shout out. We'll hook up and have a beer. That sounds wonderful. So, all right, let's get into it. The first Guitar Wake episode for this year. And this is episode 195. Crikey's 195. That means we're, hang on. That's right, five away from the big 200. What are we going to do? I want some suggestions. 
uh, or advice on what we should do for the 200 show. 200 shows. That's 200, 200 shows and hours of my life I will never get back. What happened? <laughs> what happened? Oh, man. Anyway, it's, uh, it's going to be a great year. This would really suck if I'm talking all positive and uplifting and some, some really bad, really massive disaster happened and the whole world is just like really sad and I'm talking like it's amazing. Oh, I don't know what I'm saying. But anyway, trying to stay positive. Whatever is happening in your life, don't let the bastards get you down. Up your bum and uh, pick up the guitar and just play. That's, all, that's my New Year's resolution this year. I'm going to play songs learn songs, and I'm going to get out and gig. That's what I'm going to do this year. That's the plan. Hold me to it. All right? So uh, let's get into it. Mr. Bruce Foreman, Scotty Henderson, Troy McCubbin here for the first Guitar Wank for 2020. Let's start this decade off with a a woozy or a doozy, and uh, we'll go from there. All right. Are you annoyed at my voice yet? You know you have a fast-forward button. You can use it. Don't complain. That's what it's for. All right. Uh, Lots of love, guys. Peace out. Be safe. Let's all uh, support each other. And um, big shout-out to Lyle Workman. That track behind us is Lyle Workman. Go check out his stuff. He's a great man, great player. And uh, (laughs) he sends me some funny shit sometimes. It's quite quite amusing. Thanks, Lyle. I really appreciate it, mate. Not that he listens to the show. Stupid bastard he is. Uh, All right. Okay, that's enough. I'm rambling. All right. Have a great week, and uh, we will see you all next week. Get ready for NAM coming up. Bruce is going to do some interviews from NAM. And uh, remember, the Green Room, New York City. Go see Bruce Foreman. January, this Wednesday night, January 8th, 7 p.m. Go see Bruce. Support the Red Guitar. It's an amazing show if you haven't seen it. It seriously is incredible. Go see him and say g'day. All right, guys. Have a great one. See you next week.
So is school going on right now? Yeah, for you? school. I've got uh, three or four more weeks. Have to you go. got good, some good players? I've got some amazing students. Yeah, yeah. As good as the ones that I played with that time, you know, yeah, those guys. Are, is, yeah, are better. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Geez, that's depressing. And younger. And younger. That's even more depressing. Yeah. Thanks. Jeez, because the last time I oh, remember, that's a good stuff, last time man. I came up and play and sub for you, I mean, yeah. I was like, "Why do you even want to take a lesson with me?" This kid was just kicking my ass all over the place. Yeah, well, it's just, bloody. Some some of them are really bloody. Yeah. All right. What did I miss? I don't know. What, what just talking about some of Bruce's young students oh, who I'm are sick amazing. Of hearing these young people yeah. Yeah. causing trouble today. Yeah. 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 Incredible. Yeah, I just remember the three guys that I played with. There were there actually four. One wasn't as good as the other three, but these three guys that I played with, all three of them were just outstanding players, just great phrasing, great everything. You know, just amazing vocabulary, especially for being that young. Actually, one of them, that, that was a while ago, one of them, if I'm not mistaken, I don't, I don't quite exactly remember which group you had. He's... Um, there was a guy named Miles. Yeah, Miles. Miles, he's out playing professionally. Did you have a guy named Armin? I think so. Yeah, Armin is in one of the finalists in the Herbie Hancock. Oh, cool. It used to be the Monk competition. Uh-huh. Now it's the Herbie Hancock. He's like one of the finalists in that. Cool, man. And uh, that's yeah. great, yeah. Wow, so what was have you guys got any good jokes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't heard any except you know, we spent a lot of time making up porn movie titles, <laughs> you know, The Little Spermaid, uh, Snow White and the Seven Inches, stuff like that, you know, not really all that interesting really but it takes up time on the road you know when you're just driving and you're sitting there thinking and then someone comes up with a really good one you know yeah. like the wad father <laughs> something there you yes. go. it's a way to spend time it is it's a way you know we on, on the road it's so romantic yeah never a dull moment yeah because you know that you, you, when you're in a van for like seven hours <laughs> there's really not much to do that's you're not gonna watch a movie no. and you gotta do something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. where that's where it goes Man, I spent a lot of butt hours in the van in Italy on this tour. We had the worst routing ever. We were in the south and then the north the next day, and the south the next day, and the north the next day. And we go by the same town that we already played in like five times. And and uh, and there was there was one time we had to drive for nine hours and then play when we got there. And that was really hard because we were so tired when we got there. Was the booking like, agent just like, I'm going to just screw these guys uh, it, up so maybe much? Maybe he was thinking, well, this is my last tour with these guys, so I'm just going to fuck them up. <laughs> That's a nightmare. So, yeah, some of the drives were really long. Yeah. But, oh, wow, man. And very interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, people that, it's funny that people that, don't go on the road and they sort of glamorize it but when you look at what it really is it's not really all that glamorous it's like hard work you do a lot of shit to have that time on stage it's, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah i mean it feels like a construction job sometimes because it's hard it's hard on the body yeah just to do the things you have to do 
Yeah. You know, but yeah, whatever. The I always I always look at it like this. The 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 playing is for free. I get paid to travel. Right. And the concert is a freebie. That's yeah. the fun part. Yeah, when people call me for a gig, I ask them how much is it going to cost me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Oh man. Yeah, it's always this one thing when when um, the guys see the tour book for the first time, and then they always either email me, "Have you seen this shit? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be doing this and that, and this and that." I purposely don't even look at it. I don't want to know. You know, I just it's like, tell me what we're going to do today, and I'll deal with it that day. But I don't want to know like three days ahead that I've got like a nine-hour drive and a gig. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather not know. Yeah, that's just hard. rather deal with it on the day that I have to deal with it. That's yeah, hard for sure. Whatever, man. That's because you're a big star. You can do that. Those are hard days. <laughs> I just don't want to know. <laughs> I just like, okay, what am I doing today? Oh, I'm driving nine hours and then doing a gig. Sounds fun. That's yeah. That's a lot of work. God, do we? I've, I've done where we, you, you finish the gig and you drive straight mm-hmm. to the next gig. Like you know what? Seventeen hours. A lot of the tour hours. bus gigs are like that, where yeah. where you sleep in the tour bus and you don't get a room. Yeah. Chick Corea used to do that, and Jean-Luc Ponty right. used to do that. Instead of getting the band a hotel, you leave after the gig and sleep in the bus. And then in the morning, you get to the hotel that you're going to stay in <laughs> that day. That's horrible. It's awful. That's it's horrible. like I can't think of a more uncomfortable way to tour. I would rather, no matter what I have to do in the day, at least give me a hotel after the gig. Even if it's for four or five hours, it's like shit. Getting to so your hotel easy. room after a night of traveling and early, you get into the hotel early morning and then you've got that whole day to do nothing is the yeah, worst. That's not happening. Because you're so tired, you sleep, and then you oh, No, I wasn't screwed. talking about that. I was talking about literally driving, oh, driving 12 hour, 14 to the... hours to a gig, for, to a sound check. To, to another a gig. gig, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> yeah crazy, I mean, you man. leave down in Sicily... And you take the ferry across and you drive, you know, all the way up to Genoa or Imperia. And, you know, by then, by the time you're there, it's four, five, six in the afternoon, you know, and you got to do the sound check, eat dinner and play the game. Yeah. I, 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 that's why I'm a little less hard on myself than I used to be, because sometimes I think I'm on stage and I ask myself, how do I feel right now? Like, who could play their best? When they feel like this, <laughs> like this is just—it's not fair for me for for me to expect myself to play my best tonight because I'm so fucking tired. I just want to go to the room and go to sleep. Yeah. And yeah. now I got to play a gig, and I'm gonna do my best anyway. I'll try, but it doesn't always work out. Where you you know you leave the stage and you just go, geez, I forgot so many things that I play correctly every night and i just fucked them up yeah brain fart after brain fart and why not because you're so goddamn so tired well, that happens if jet lag too you yeah know, jet I mean, lag you is can another, be sleeping yeah. good but you're just jet lag you yeah know? yeah yeah those first few gigs in europe are always a trip because you feel like you're playing at seven o'clock <laughs> you feel like you're playing an ihop gig seven <laughs> o'clock in the morning <laughs> Well, you know, or you know, you like I when I go to New York, I take the red eye. There's just I just see no reason to waste a whole day flying to New York. Mm-hmm. You know, when you can leave here at ten at night and get there first thing in the morning, sleep on the plane, right. and then when you get in, you just kind of crash out for a few hours wherever you go, mm-hmm. 
and you're kind of back on New York. You're on New York time, then that works great. You know, a little, you're a little dazed occasionally the first day, but mm -hmm. after yeah. that, you're cool. You yeah. know, I mean, and like New Zealand, it, that worked great because you leave at night and you get there in the morning, you know, and you just sleep and boom. You're ready yeah, to it's go. the same, same thing with Asia this time. Flew from LA to Tokyo, landed at Tokyo like around four in the afternoon. And just spent the rest of the day hanging out and then went to sleep kind of at a normal time. And yeah, and you were okay. Took an Ambien so that I wouldn't wake up in the morning. Like, I like take Ambien for three days in a, in a row at night so I don't Ooh, wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. It's just a sleeping pill. I know, I know, but and it's then, not good to take it too many nights no, in a row. No, I just take it like two or three nights in a row. Yeah, okay. and, then, and then stopped taking it, and I didn't feel jet lagged at all. Like, yep. I just felt... He was just psychotic. Yeah, psychotic. <laughs> but you know what? I always have the, a problem flying the other way. Oh, yeah. Age, yeah. From right. Japan yeah. to the States, it takes a while to get over it. Yeah. But in New York, just from L.A. to New York can mess you up because it's three hours just enough to throw your schedule out. It yeah. can. It can. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, yeah. That was how it was going to South America. There was like four hours difference. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. It's like New York plus an hour. Yeah, which is, yeah, know? it's so just enough. It's yeah. just enough to mess you up. Yeah. Yeah. But the worst was, I told you guys before, was Bolivia where you can't breathe. <laughs> that was the hardest. Man, yeah, not getting altitude. any oxygen. Yeah, that's, that's why they do cocaine. Yeah, hard to hard to play when you can't breathe. But yeah, fun gig though. Actually, I just had a hard time sleeping, waking up gasping for air. You know, because it's like it it hit me more at night than it did in the yeah, daytime. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys snore? I don't know. <laughs> I, I have to ask so. my dog. I have to ask Buster. <laughs> we should get Buster on the show. Hey, you busty boy! I took. Uh, I've been taking him to the park every day. Him and Ruby and and the dog park is amazing. There's a big one at my house. It's brand new. Right. And there's literally, I'd say, fifty to sixty dogs there every day. That I, oh my God. when I go, because right. I go around four in the afternoon, people are getting off work, it's dusk, it's nice and cool. Yeah. Oh man, there's so many dogs, and it's such a blast. <laughs> dogs are just really fun, man. Just really fun. Sniffing assholes with my friends. Yeah. That's pretty much what you know, it's all about. A, it's a great time. Just hang out there for an hour and walk around and yeah. see what happens. <laughs> it's a blast. Uh, so we've got Thanksgiving coming up next week. Are you guys doing any? any you know local thanksgiving gigs i'm playing no i'm actually playing friday uh with roger kelloway roger, oh, roger kelloway and john clayton at uh vitello's feinstein's oh, at vitello's okay. um it's you know a club in studio city you know the place yeah vitello's and yeah. uh yeah roger yeah, of course you know about roger he's great man. do so i know roger roger kelloway you don't know you know he's world famous guy i mean i don't know him he uh Shit, man! He what's he play? Piano. Okay. It's a piano-based drum. It's kind of like a, a Nat Cole or Oscar Peterson style uh -huh. trio. He's done. I mean, so much stuff. He was on the Blues and the Abstract Truth, the second one. More Blues and the Abstract Truth. He recorded with Wes back mm -hmm. in the day. Wow! It's his 80th birthday. Damn. Wow. Uh, he did. Uh, he was one of the first guys to do the crossover with classical music and jazz. You know, yeah. he had a thing called mm -hmm. the Cello Quartet which was uh quartet joe pass i'm pretty sure was on that record 
and um, where he, you know, added cello to a jazz quartet, and he actually started new age music, but it was like not like it became all vanilla. -y. I mean, it was right. like some of that first and with Paul <coughs> Horn and that those guys. Mm -hmm. He did that. He did the music on uh, All in the Family. You know that stride oh, yeah, piano? Yeah, yeah, sure. That yeah. was him. He wrote that song at the end, but oh, wow. he played both of them, the one at the front and the back. Wow. Uh, he was Van Morrison's music director. I think he did Joni Mitchell for a while. Wow. was one of the original guys in that, that Tom Scott band, I think. Uh, so he did a lot of rock crossover, too. Yeah. And uh, he's movies. He got an Academy Award, I think, for the... Uh, he did the music for A Star Is Born. Wow. The one with Streisand and Chris Really? Wow. Yeah. He's done so He's much He's done stuff. a lot of film work. He does a lot of symphonic work. Mm -hmm. And I've been in his trio now for about 15 years. Whenever he does it, he'll yeah. like do it and we'll make a record and we'll mm -hmm. go on tour and then he'll go off and write symphonies and stuff. Or, mm -hmm. or he also does a duo with a great clarinet player named Eddie Daniels. Oh, I know Eddie Daniels. And yeah, he's so, amazing. Uh, he does that. And I've known him for a very long so he's, time. So he's building a career. He's a badass. Yeah, he's, yeah he must be. He's going to amount to something. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he is a, he's, he's a heavy, you know. I mean, Keeps going somewhere. And uh, we're, we're playing. It's really fun, challenging music. And John Clayton, of course, is a great bass player. So He's 80. Roger is 80. Wow, wow. that's amazing. That's inspiring, you know. It's like Pisano. Yeah. To, to <laughs> Who I talked to just the other day. Uh, has John How I talked John? to him today, I mean. Yeah. He's doing great. You yeah. know, they're moving Guitar Night to Baked Potato. And uh, I, I guess it's pretty much common knowledge. He had a pacemaker put in. Oh, a mm -hmm. pacemaker. Yeah. To keep up with him. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I guess, I guess you know, his heart will go on forever. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, but uh, he's doing great. He says he, he today. He says he felt amazing. He felt great. So, and uh, he called me to do it. I couldn't do it in January because I'll be in New York. But I may do February. So that'll be once a month. Was that every two weeks? Uh, it's like the first Tuesday of every month. That's what it's going to be. We we told you we had Scott Randy in the show. Uh, Justin, Justin, Justin Randy. Randy. Yeah, uh -huh. Justin. Yeah. He was he was a lot of fun. Yeah, he had a lot of fun with Justin. I so. just got I just was talking to him about uh, <coughs> Phil Degree is coming to town in April. Oh, okay, yeah. So he wants to play at the Baked Potato. So I hooked him up with Justin, and I think he's going to play Thursday, April sixteenth. April sixteenth. So you guys are in town. Oh, I'd love to go. go see that because yeah. it's just phenomenal. Ridiculous. It's yeah. really amazing. Yeah. April sixteenth. Yeah, and he's going to play two sets. Right. So that'll be cool. Yeah, that'll be really worth seeing. Definitely check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So he was worried about. I, I same thing. Bruce was worried about playing the baked potato because it can be. It's there's been so many loud bands in there, and it's actually it a great good place it's to great. play. But it's a good place to play for soft music. It, it really is. is. It, it is. really is. It's it, a great place to play. Yeah, it was really fun. And they really, they really. They really did it right. You know, what I mean, when I was there, they, they, you know, the servers knew to be cool, and it, it, yeah, it was a good room, and it, the sound in there is great for playing soft. Yeah, I wish it was great for playing loud. <laughs> I wish, I wish the drum set wasn't so goddamn loud in that room. But of course, a lot of that is proximity. 
mm. you're there, you're literally on top of the drum set. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, I like to say <clears throat> proximity isn't everything, <laughs> but it's close. It's close. <laughs> I imagine, you know, like like maybe Archie said, Archie was telling me maybe next time we play Baked Potato, he'll bring a much smaller kit. Oh, that'd be nice. And I, would, I was saying, well, you know, maybe that's a good idea. Bring a smaller bass drum, you know, just one floor. Yeah. Just, just you know, like make hey, don't it a hit the fucking kit. thing so hard. <laughs> no, How about that? that? Man, he does not hit hard. He doesn't hit hard. He doesn't hit as hard as Novak or Joel Taylor. No, no, but still, you know, no. the harder you hit the drum, the louder it is. Yeah, Hello, just like with baseball, the harder you hit it, the further it goes. Archie's <laughs> such a dynamic drummer, man. And he's I'm not just, saying that. Man, in that I'm room. not making, I'm just saying, hey, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the horn player. You, Why did you play so Pull the fucking thing out of your mouth, you know? I mean, it's like, if you don't want it to be loud, don't hit it so fucking hard. <laughs> Scott, did you ever yeah. think of just not using a drummer? Well, I guess <laughs> that would be one thing, but I mean, Archie's one of the, the the most dynamic drummers I've played with. He's not, and he's one of the softest drummers that I've played with in my band. Right. So, you know, and we have so many gigs where the the volume is so nice. Yeah. But yeah. every time we come to the baked potato, it's just you're sitting on top of him. Oh, so it's a big I'm deal. right. I've got his symbol literally in my ear. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of hard, man. It's kind of hard. He does his best, but it just is hard. You know, these French guys are like, man. But you know what? I think it might <laughs> be some of Justin's fault. Wow, Justin was because, that. Oh, let's blame it on Justin. No, no, I really <laughs> He's do. He's sitting there holding that stick, because hitting that symbol. He made him do it. He had a gun to his head. <laughs> no, I really do think it's some some of Justin's fault. Why is Justin? Because he turns the PA up. Oh, uh, Justin. He he actually goes to the PA and turns it up so that it's loud in the room. And when it's loud in the room, it's such a small room, it all ricochets back onto the stage. Right. And I've told him, like, we don't want to be loud, but I think what he considers loud and what I consider loud might be two different things. Well, he's there every night, just about, He's right? there, and he cranks it. Yeah. He cranks it. So. Every every time I go into the baked potato, it's fucking loud, <laughs> no matter who's playing. Bruce wasn't loud. And I'm going, yeah, I know, but I mean... <laughs> I was probably just, louder than I would have been normally, I, but then it wasn't loud. I'm just talking about bands with drummers. Right. When I go into the baked potato, I usually get uncomfortable because it's loud well you know we should bring justin on and we should talk about it. we should have an open discussion we should have this. an intervention you should uh, <laughs> you know I, I think justin is justin's a rock guy and he's he's used to that volume and i think that's the volume he i mean i run across this in a lot of clubs that i play in where you know we'll tell the guy look we want it to we want it to be pumping but we don't want you, you, people have to scream if they mm. want to talk to each other. We want it to be just like a medium loud concert, not deafening, yeah. not really loud. But they don't they pay get attention. It. They don't. They, you know, once we're on the stage, they kind of can do whatever they want. Yeah. And yeah. if they choose to crank it up, what can we do? What are you gonna do? You know. So uh, I, <laughs> I know a lot of times I've heard my guitar blasting out of the PA when I'm not that loud on stage. I hear the the guitar coming out louder in the PA than I'm hearing it coming out of my amp and you feel like stopping the show and going dude right. why why are you pumping it pumping the PA so loud why 
You know, you don't even half the time you don't even need a PA in that room. I wouldn't think you would. No. Right, to survive. We've we've played lots of rooms where I would think you. The only reason you need the PA is just to spread the sound out just a little bit, mm. but not for the purpose of adding to the volume. You know, but it depends on who the sound guy is. Man, the sound guy is the most important guy in the room. Yeah. And when you get somebody that just wants to do it his way, and he has, you know, he wants to add like a hundred hertz to the bass drum, and so everybody feels that bass drum pumping in your stomach. Like like Judas Priest, and that's what and that's what he wants, and right. that's what he's used to hearing. And those guys, you know, the sound man's credo. <laughs> I don't know it. We're not happy till you're not happy. Yeah, right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, yeah, yeah. We need more sound. We haven't had any sound men on the show. We need a sound man on the show. Professional sound Also, I've been trying to find, and this is going out to guitar, uh, the two or three people that are listening. Um, I would like to have an airline baggage handler on the show. So if if anybody knows one, please, Uh, please. Who's the guy that sang, um, was it Bill Weathers? Which one? Bill Weathers. Well, what is the song you're talking about? What's uh, he sang? Was it Ain't Doc- No Sunshine? Ain't No Sunshine? Yeah. He was a baggage handler at LAX. Really? Oh, was he really? Yeah. He started off as a baggage. And isn't Ain't No Sunshine like his first song he ever wrote? I don't know. I think it is. Like one of oh. his massive hits is the first song he ever wrote. Straight out of the bat, oh. he writes a classic. Well, do you know why <laughs> the airlines have the restriction of 50 pounds now on luggage? Why? Because the union used to hire two baggage handlers on every flight. Now they only hire one to save money. Oh. So one guy, the union won't let one guy lift more than 50 pounds. So that's why there's a weight restriction. Wow. Because I used to fly with my amp, which weighed 75 pounds in a road case. Right. I used to fly with my rack. In the Zolinal days, I used to fly. I know like a woman a, whose rack weighed 100 pounds. There you go. But she carried it on. There you go. So I used to bring this rack. It's like a seven, 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 eight space rack in with the foams on the sides, yeah, like yeah. a big refrigerator. And they used to take it on the plane, no problem. And they'd have like however many guys unload it off. Now there's one guy doing the bags. So he's not going to lift any more than 50 pounds. And wow. that's why. The suitcases have a, you know, if yeah. you show up with an amp right now, they, they just say, take it to car, uh, what is it, cartage? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. take it to cartage, because that's not going on the plane. I used to travel back in the day with a 100-pound pedal board. <laughs> yeah. A 100-pound pedal board. Yeah. What was I thinking? Back in the days. <laughs> well, you know, our backs were strong back then. It was a big, like, keyboard case and this stupid, massive pedal board that I probably only used yeah. a couple of pedals on the whole board. Oh, anyway. my God. In Tribal Tech, Kinsey used to bring... These massive keyboard road yep. cases They're that huge. must have weighed 100 pounds. Like full keys, right? Yeah, 88 full keyboards. 88 <laughs> keyboard, you know, just big fucking monster case oh, and man. bring it right there and they just check it right in. Yeah, it wasn't a big go, deal. Wow, No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> now and you wouldn't now even. They're, now, like, especially if you're flying within Europe, there, I think you're allowed. What is it? Twenty kilograms, which is something like what thirty-five pounds or something like that, or thirty thirty-eight pounds. I don't know. Wow. What? How many kilograms? Well, I guess I guess in Europe, when you fly like within Italy or within a certain country, 
the, the the limits on the weight of the luggage is pretty pretty strict. Like if you've got more than a couple pair of jeans and some shirts, you're gonna have an overweight suitcase. You know, they're really especially some of the airlines like JetBlue yep. and and Ryanair. There's no, really not JetBlue. You know, that's not the European airlines. No, it's Ryan. Ryan. Ryanair and, and there's yeah. another one over there that's really weird. Forget what it's called. You know, pretty soon you're going to be standing on planes. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You know? Or, or they, I think they should just like, like make these bunks and just lay you in like logs, <laughs> right. stack you like logs. It's going to be a bitch to watch movies on. <laughs> you know, it's going to be weird. Like when they actually do that, when people are going to be standing on flights, that's out, man. That's they won't really be out. able to do that. That they're doing it. They've made the planes. No. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them. Yeah, I haven't been inside one, but I've seen the diagrams. I've seen what they're doing. Yeah. Well, how do you? So, if you, what happens if you fall over? Well, I guess there's a there's a there's something that's standing up that you're buckled to, and you're just standing there, and you're buckled there, but you're standing. It's like um, and, and they can get more people on the plane if you're standing, right. obviously, and that's the idea to 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 make the flight super cheap, pack as many people on it as they can. And there's going to be a standing section. Yeah, the plane goes down. Oh, man. <laughs> well, the plane goes down doesn't really doesn't matter really if you're sitting or standing. Because <laughs> with, if after I'm a while, you're neither. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm sitting, I feel like I can kiss my ass goodbye before yeah. I'm sort of standing. Right. Well, you, yeah. you just get to kiss the person in front of you's ass goodbye. <laughs> yeah. No, they're actually making these planes that, that wow. you can be able to stand on. I want the planes like, with the, 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 um, the drone planes with the... You know, we get in the little drone, just fly yourself. I'm one of those, man. Wow. Well, that's it's interesting. Want. Jesus, who knows what's coming next? All I know is it's it's. I'm just glad I play with a very small pedal board, and it it fits in a little suitcase, and it's it's it weighs less than my clothes suitcase, so yeah. I've never had a hassle because of it. And I've seen some of these guys who play with these big, massive pedal boards, and I'm wondering, how the hell do they fly with those? It's got to be a pain in the ass. Or they can't. No. They must have a smaller road pedal board, because how could you fly with something that weighs that much? They're going to say no. Or, I think everyone. Uh, I think that's why I think that's why Fractal and what's the other one, Kemper and all those mm-hmm. companies are doing so well, because you just need yeah. that. That's right. If you're doing those yeah. type of gigs where you don't need to have all this course boutique specialized gear that you would really want, right? Well, yeah. I'm renting amps, so that's what that's right. what that's all about. I yeah. rent a amp at every gig. Well, you you still get the Marshalls, right? Yeah, the JCM 2000s. They sound okay. Yeah, if they're not completely trashed, but you know, I, I've had luck. Most of them sound okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean. I don't really know anything else you would get. I guess, you know, another good amp you could probably get is like a Fender Hot Rod DeVille or something like They're that. They're good. They're solid. They sound okay. It's yeah. a solid amp, and it, they don't break down that yeah. often. And usually you can find them. Um, yeah. They're pretty standard. I can't think of anything else out there that I would want to rent. You know, some of the metal guys, they like those JCM 800s and 900s. I don't really like them yeah. very much, but... A lot of the metal guys like them. Yeah. And you can still rent those any, anywhere. Yeah. But whatever. As long as they have something to get you through the gig, you know, the, the, the marshals are fine. 
they're, they're, they're okay. I find it's the speakers that are more important than the amp. Right. If you can get greenback speakers or vintage 30s, they sound fine. You know, the worst would be to have to play through those 75-watt speakers with the giant cones that they're really <laughs> super scooped. They have yep. no mid-range at all. They're for that death metal stuff. And that's about the only thing they sound good for is that. That, you know. Yeah, that's... that's that's what they're made for. But, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. But, um, Bruce, are you checking the weather? Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, actually, I've got a gig. i got to go. <laughs> Bruce has got a gig. There you go. So no. what do you guys, you guys got planned anything for Christmas or New Year's? Because we're getting, we're getting to that time of the year. I'm not doing anything but staying home, and I'm going into writing mode pretty soon, and are you already looking at a new album? Hey, you know, I'm always thinking about it, so I guess it's been enough time since this last one was released, and if I don't start writing soon, then it's going to be another five years before I do another record, so I guess I should start, you know. Right. Oh, wow, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the thing, um, oh, well. I just felt so uh, inadequate with Scott telling me he sold $6,000 worth of CDs. I just oh. didn't want to mention it. Maybe you can mention it on the intro. My five for twenty-five. A five for twenty-five. I just I just sold another pack. Um, That's a hell of a deal. Five CDs for twenty-five dollars. You can't beat including, that deal. Including post, including postage. Wow. That's like. And I'll I'm signing them. I hope you're if signing you, the CDs. If you don't want me to sign them, you need to tell me. Not you got to pay more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's. But will you? Do that anywhere in the world? No, no, no. In the okay. United States, right? It, but if it, it, it outside the United States, I will do it for like twenty-two dollars plus whatever the shipping is, because it's about three dollars to ship. Shipping's a lot. Three dollars is shipping. Three dollars. No. I mean, in the states. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. But not medium overseas. Mail, medium mail. No, if overseas. I send one CD overseas, it's fourteen ninety five. No, no. It's like it's. I know to Australia and to Europe, it's about twenty twenty five bucks. Right. Yeah. But uh, so so outside of the country, all you have to do is pay twenty two bucks plus whatever the postage is. Right. And of course, I won't know till I send it to you. So you can even stiff me if you want. <laughs> That's yeah. a good deal. No, and, and I've I actually, it's only been up for a day or two on Facebook, and it, I've already sold, you know. You're, unload, you're no. unloading. <laughs> I've already, I've already, you know, I'm up in the double digits. Double digits, see? But I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to just get rid of CDs and have them go out in the world and do their work. And if there are people that think they want them, this, now's the time to get them. And, and they make great little gifts for people. So think of your enemies and friends. They make good drink coasters if you don't <laughs> yes. have a CD player. That's what I tell people on stage. That's if you don't are, have man. a CD player, here's a drink you coaster. Can, you, know, and you know, if you have a little mig, a toaster oven, you, you can make yeah. the, like pizza. Frisbee with, for the dog. Frisbee you know, for the dog. Good Frisbee. Cars like, don't even come shooting, with CD players anymore. Skeet shooting. Mm -hmm. If you know, instead Skate of the clay pigeon, yeah. you can just throw Skate those shooting. up in there. I had a lot of people on the tour tell me they're buying the CD just to help me out. That they don't have a you, CD. Well, you know, anyway, that's, Scott's got a really cool thing. The way he dresses, it's obvious he needs money. <laughs> yeah, it's obvious <laughs> I need money. You know, look whoa. at my hair, look, look at my clothes. You know, I'm boy, they, they just like, you he's know. got this pitiful thing yeah. and they all feel sorry for him. Yeah, they feel sorry for me and they buy a CD. 
Hey, we. Yeah. I see that the magazine covers is like you're like a guitar male model now across all these guitar magazines around the world. What do you know? <laughs> well, I really do believe though that a lot of people buy the CD just to have a souvenir from the show, and they don't. They might not ever listen to it because they don't have a cd player but i gotta say man there are still lots of guys like me out there who 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 would rather listen to a cd or a vinyl than an mp3 oh yeah because mp3s sound kind of crappy and and, you know if you listen to cd you're going to get more bass response you're just going to get a better sound you're going to get a clear i guess a lot of people put them in their computer and rip them and you can still keep them at Sure. CD quality. Of course you can. Yeah. You can rip them off at, at exactly the same bit rate, yeah. 44.1, and have that in your computer yeah. and listen to it. You know, you don't have to make an MP3 out of it just because you put it in iTunes. It can no, stay it in can its still, original yeah. format. So it's good for that. But um, CDs yeah. would be... That went pretty quick, didn't it? Or, or did that? that have a long run? Like compared to other formats, like compared to cassettes... I How long know, were cassettes actually. around for compared God, to CDs? I'm not good at that kind of math. But it feels like um, it disappeared reasonably quick. But I guess yeah, it was a while. It's been a while, you right. know. And and when you think about it, it's still a pretty uh, convenient way to listen to music. I mean, a CD doesn't take up that much space. You can carry around a hundred of them in your car. And only sucks it's, when they get scratched and yeah, they skip, and you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, of course. Fuck. Yeah, but yeah, I still sucks. like the fact that, you know, with a CD, you still get some kind of artwork and, and yeah. you still get some kind of credits and, and you know, you can read where the CD was made and who's on it and a little bit about this or that and who you're thanking. And I, I like all that stuff. I yeah. want to know that stuff when I buy music, you know. It's all It's dying. interesting to me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure there's some younger people in the younger generation that feel that way. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm Not sure a lot of people either. don't even know that exists anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, I'm not selling a lot of CDs in the states, so I'm I'm overseas doing right. this. So maybe it's different. What about online? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm CD Baby is selling my CD, and 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 they're they've sold I don't know how many. I don't even really check up on it. Right. Over two thousand by now. Yeah. Um, but that's is that downloads or CDs? No, that's CDs. What about then, <laughs> you? Don't know downloads. Downloads. I I don't know how many. I just go by like how much money I've made yeah. from downloads and stuff, or from iTunes or Amazon. But when I they download, do they get MP3 or do they get the choose? No, when they get downloads, they get MP3s. Wow. That's what they get. I mean, if you, shitty, buy it, it? if you buy it from CD Baby, yeah, but you're only paying nine bucks for it. Mm, right, okay. So, yeah, you know, that's the real. you're yeah. playing 99 cents per tune. Yeah. So, it's not the same as if you buy the CD's 15. Yeah. Are you on Spotify? Mm hmm. With the new album and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you should be. Um, I always advise people because a lot of people ask me, should I, should I do this free shit? And I, I think you should. Because because it's advertisement. Yeah. And, and and of course there are some people that are just gonna listen to you on Spotify only and they're never gonna buy anything you do. But there are gonna be those people that hear you on Spotify and go, I really like this, I'm gonna go out and buy the C D. Or they go, Oh, he's coming through town, I wanna go see him live. Yeah. It's all it's all good. 
So it's like it's really like a business card nowadays, isn't it? It is kind of. It's yeah. like it's like a movie trailer. Yeah. You know, if yeah. they like it, maybe they'll go out and buy the real thing. Because a lot of people don't want to have to be online to listen to music. They want to be able to listen to music wherever they are, even if they don't have Wi-Fi. Yeah. They want it in their phone, so if they feel like listening to music, they don't have to have Wi-Fi to listen to music. Yeah. And so they just then then they go to iTunes and buy it, and because they heard it on Spotify. Hopefully, yeah. so that's why I don't believe in like boycotting free music services like Apple Music because it's not good for you, really. It it and so what if someone listens to it on Spotify and they don't buy it? It probably means that they don't like it that much. So that's, I don't want people's money if they don't like my music. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's like, all changed anyway. Yeah. I mean, what it's, what? Yeah. are you what? really? Yeah, I mean, if they don't like it, I don't want them to buy it. Why should they buy it if they don't like it? Just to get you back know? at them. All right, just for revenge. <laughs> Jesus, this is not for the Scott revenge. Anderson. What have you done with the real uh, Scott Anderson? Uh, just for revenge against them. Yeah, right. right. No, man, I'm, you know, I've, I've always said, you know, on my, on my message board and stuff like that, that I've got nothing against someone, like, stealing my album off a off a BitTorrent site, Russian BitTorrent site, and then they listen to it and they go, eh, you know, and they never listen to it again. Who cares? But if they call themselves a fan and they're listening to it over and over and over again, and I really like this, and I think, dude, you buy owe it, it to the artist to go out and fucking buy it, right? right. Because that's if you don't, you're, you're, you're like boycotting something you like, which doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. You know, so at least you should go out and buy it. If you really like it that much, you should buy it. You know, yeah. but there, there, there are some people that still don't understand that concept. They, I don't know why, but they don't. So, why buy the cow when you get can it. get the milk for free? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe skip, maybe Guitar Wank should be on um, Spotify. We should be on Spotify. Guitar Wank. Well, because we're free anyway. Yeah, I know, but Spotify, maybe we'll get a bigger audience on Spotify. Right. Bigger than the three people. Doesn't it have to be, like, chopped into, like, little tune sections and shit? No, I don't think so. Just normal podcasts. Are podcasts on Spotify? Oh, they are? Then why aren't we on Spotify? I don't know. We have to talk to someone. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we should do that. There you go. Yeah. Well... Either way, you know, a lot of people are out there on the road selling download cards. Yeah, yeah, those never worked for me. I feel like that's, I that just I had feels download funny. stickers it, with the album art, you yeah. know, where you could get the download, but you could yeah. also take that sticker and put yeah. it somewhere. Uh huh. But that didn't really. It doesn't seem people as didn't want to get as a CD, you know. It seems kind of weird handing over money for a fucking code or something. I don't yeah, know. I, just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think kinda, people really like to get a CD. You just if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna go to the trouble yeah. of going online and, and downloading, why don't you just buy it there? Yeah, I right? guess so. Right? Yeah. So seems like seems like I don't know. I don't know what the kids are doing today. Well, <laughs> they ain't paying for music. That's for sure. No, they're not paying for music. Yeah, probably not as much as they were. That's for sure. But it's definitely a different world. But I have to say. Thank goodness the live music thing is still... You can't replace a live show. And people still come out to shows and hang out and have fun and 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 even buy CDs. So there's some remnant of the old world that still exists. All right. I, and, I, I got a question for you guys. What would you guys... Um, advice would you give, say, a young band or any band 
that's trying to break through with maybe, you know, jazz or fusion or any of that kind of stuff and is trying to get into other markets and other countries and, and build a following. Like, is there any advice you would give those bands or... Do you think if you're a no-name, say you've got a little bit of an online following and you're in another country and say you want to come to America or you want to go to Europe, do you spend the money on a publicist or an agent or anything like that? Do you do you drop that kind of money in that department or is that... I would. You would? Yeah. You would always I mean, go a that? a publicist is a must. Yeah. You can't do anything without a publicist. Because how is any how how is anybody even going to know you exist right. without a publicist? So that's the main guy, main thing, yeah. You know, and they're not that expensive. They're only expensive in the pop world. Right. In the jazz world, you can get a publicist for five hundred bucks. But what oh, are you really? publicizing? You know. A record or well, a- yeah, like a record. Like if you put out a new record, you hire a publicist to 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 send out. These days, the the cool thing about these modern publicists is they don't even care about the press as much as they used to in the old days they send direct mailing lists right to the fans so like like say for my my publicist for example has a mailing list of over 500,000 jazz fans right and he puts my album you know the artwork and then a big blurb about how great this and great that and you know a big press release and sends it directly to 500,000 people okay who get it on their computer look scott henderson's got a new album you know and if they don't know me they might be curious to find out about it from reading about it and if they do know me then they go oh didn't know that scott had a new album i'm gonna go get it and and so without that publicist who the fuck would know that i even put out an album right right so he's that's a huge Huge you know and he also calls all the guitar magazines and 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 you know, trying to get reviews, interviews, this, yep. that, this, that. And so, yeah, he's a big important part of how, it. How much is how much is too much? Because recently I was talking to a friend and he was saying he was checking out some publicists and it was they were like four grand a month. Or- That's pop. Right. You know what? I'm, maybe I shouldn't even say this on here, but I'm just going to say it because it's about Kinsey. Mm-hmm. And it's about Kinsey's new record, No Sleep. Right. Which I think is one of the most badass records I've heard in the last fucking ten years. Yep. It's amazing. It's amazing. The harmony on it is out of this world. It's a beautiful record. Right. I think it's the best record he's ever done in his career. But it has a female vocalist on it, which takes it kind of into that kind of Esperanza Spalding Esmeranda Spalding. Esperanza. Esperanza Spalding. Nora Jones type mm-hmm. of stuff. So I gave the album to my publicist and I thought and I and I said, dude, you this album is amazing. Can you do something for my friend Scott? And he said, Man, there's not enough guitar on it. N- near played on one tune and he sounds great on yeah, it. Right. And uh but he said, Man, there's just not enough guitar. It's not really fusion, it's not really jazz, it's it, this is just not up my alley. This is more pop. Right. Even though with all that harmony, it's still more pop. So Scott found out from some his management, some other people, that and my publicist, that these pop guys are charging that much. Wow. $4,000. A month. Either for a month or maybe for two or three months. Right. It's another league. 
yeah. from from my guy, right? And who I could never afford. I mean, I guess I could afford it, but I wouldn't make much money. Right, from it wouldn't the make much sense. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would definitely lower my profit margin if I had to spend four thousand dollars for a fucking right. publicist. So I'm used to spending like nine hundred. Yeah, and that's for six months. Wow. And that's so, and your guy handles a lot of more fusion, more. He handles all the guitar players, man, that yeah. you could possibly name: rock, jazz, fusion. It's guitar oriented right. music. That's what, his what's specialty. What's his name? Do you Billy, mind? Billy James. Billy James. Glass Onion. Glass. PR. Glass Onion. And PR. I think I shouldn't mention the nine hundred dollars. That's a special deal because I've done like five right, you're six a, albums with him. right so you're a special client so he might charge more yeah if but he still that's, you, but, but he's so good yeah and and i've recommended so many of my friends to him who have come back saying wow this guy really did a great job for me yeah he yeah. got me stuff that i never thought i could have got you know and got me some sales got me some press right i've never had an, anybody unsatisfied with him yet billy james glass onion yeah He's a really good publicist. Yeah. But yeah, I would, of course, recommend that. Yeah. I guess that's like the new, in a way, having a, a, a you're cutting out the record label because you're doing it yourself. Yeah. You're, you're getting, getting... Because the record label's going to hire a publicist anyway, probably somebody not as good. Yeah. yeah. Somebody they're going to spend far less money on who's not going to give you the time of day because he's doing this band and this a million other bands same time as yeah. he's doing it. Yeah. Not that other publicists aren't either. Right. But you're dealing with them directly. It's it's a different kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can email Billy and say, Billy, how come All, all About Jazz hasn't done anything yet? And he'll go... I've been pestering them and pestering them, and I'm going to pester them some more right now. <laughs> and right. finally, they did something. Right. After like <laughs> four months, yeah. they finally wrote a review of the record, yeah. you know, which was like, I had to wait a long time, but finally they did it. And probably because he pestered them enough and they yeah. just wanted to get rid of him. So they would go, God damn it, I have to do this fucking Scott Henderson record. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm never going to hear the, this guy's never going to stop calling. Yeah. So, so but usually yeah. when, you're, when you're hiring these, these publicists, you, you have a new product to sell. You're not just, you really need to have something. I, I guess, yeah. but you know, I have heard of guys hiring publicists just for a show. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. You, it depends on the show, but yeah. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. You can hire one for a or show. Or a tour. Yeah. Or a tour. Definitely yeah. a tour. Yeah. I think Jeff hired um, Billy James. The way I met Billy James was through Jeff, who hired Billy James to promote the tour I did with him and Mike Clark in the States. Okay. Because uh, Dennis Chambers was sick, and Mike Clark played drums, and we were playing gigs on the East Coast, and I think Jeff hired Billy to promote that tour. Right. And that's how I met him. Yeah. So, yeah. But then the other thing is, of course, live gigs. You play around town as much as you can. You develop a following, yeah. which is what people have been doing in Hollywood since the dawn of time, Dying, playing yeah. at the whiskey <laughs> yeah. and, and just trying to fill it up and get record people out there to hear their band. And Do and you guys stuff. think um, with the styles of music that you play that uh, other countries are better or, or more open or more supportive to the style of music you play? Me for sure, and Bruce too. I'm sure. What like what's? I think there's probably more jazz musicians than jazz fans in the United States. Don't you think? 
<laughs> they're not the same, I guess. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, don't you think that's true? Uh, well, yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, it sure seems like it sometimes. But yeah, I mean, you know, <clears throat> definitely, it it's all depends. I mean, the, what I do, you know, if, if you're talking about kind of more what I'm doing, what I've done and what I do... I would definitely say, yeah, you got to go out and play a lot. You just have to go out and play a lot. You need to learn to play. Yeah. And if you're especially, I mean, we're assuming we're talking about a young guy who's starting out. That, that was what well, you were kind of talking about. Someone might be established in that, but just where do you go? Like, if you're playing jazz or uh, jazz you, fusion or any of that stuff. You need to play more. And you also, you know, I mean, I think you need to collaborate. I think you need to play with other people. Yeah, that helps a you, lot. You need, you need to, I mean, you need to get in other people's bands. You need to widen your circle of, you know, because experience, I mean, ultimately, you're ta- I know you're talking about I'm more this. talking you're, marketing. You're talking about marketing and business. But, I mean, ultimately, if it's not about the music... It's not going to work. You know what? That's that's a, a huge point because playing with big people that have bigger names than you do, that is marketing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and plus it's a learning experience to play with musicians that are better than you yeah. and who've been around longer than you. And wouldn't you say that most jazz people who are really recognized today got their start as being sidemen? Jazz for other... is an apprenticeship art form. Yeah, it's, sure. It's not exactly. a. It's not a. You know, yeah, occasionally a guy comes along and breaks the mold. I can hardly think of anybody that got their start, that, that, that is a known jazz artist that didn't get their start playing for someone bigger. Right. Almost everybody. Look at all the people that are famous now, and they're famous because they played with Miles. Yeah. Or because they played with Cannonball, or because they played with one Coltrane, or one of these big, giant jazz names yeah you know almost every and in fusion it's the same so many musicians that are famous today went through chick korea's band yeah went through zawinul's band went through herbie's band went through jean-luc ponty's band and big band guys Ma vishnu my vishnu yeah and 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 all the big band guys who went through uh Thad Jones and Mel Lewis big band Count and Basie and, and Woody Count Herman and, and yeah sure Woody Herman especially Woody Herman Duke Ellington like, not every yeah. drummer in their in the world played in Woody Herman's band yeah. and has a huge name because he played with Woody Herman yeah yeah so that's a big thing to to, to but that was a different time to, yeah yeah but I mean now now we didn't have the internet back then so that true. was the way it was done and so the internet does so like but again. I'm all for marketing, and I'm all for getting the most out of it, and I try to do it. And I think, you know, considering the little niche market that I'm in and the crazy shit that I do, you know, I've done pretty good with it. But, um, but would it's you think still that, ultimately got to be about the music, man. Yeah, I, I know I, I get all that, but what about markets, like different places around the world of... Like you, you got to find traveling. your market. You got to make your community, man. You have to go those places, and you got to meet the people. Like, like all my Italy stuff happened because I went over there and I met a drummer who like loved playing with me. And then he started booking tours, and then I met other people, and I then I met a promoter, and then I, you know what I mean. And I started getting gigs that way. Um, in you know my northern Europe, I went over there when I was a kid with Barney Kessel, you know, mm-hmm. and and met all these guys, you know, and and now they call me, you know what I mean? It's like a, we developed a friendship, you know, and it's just 
yeah, man. It's he just, did it a different way than I did, but if you look at it, it's exactly the same. Right. It's different, but the same. And I'll tell you why. It's it's the same in that it's word of mouth and friendship and networking. But the way it's different is that when I was in Tribal Tech, we were trying to find an agent to book us in Europe. Right. Right? We had like, we had already done four albums before we could even get anybody the slightest bit interested wow. in, in booking us. We had yep. already done four albums, no, five. Right. Five albums. So it wasn't until 1991, after we'd done five albums, that we got this agent in Italy to bring us over just for two shows, just to see if he liked us. And then we went over there, we did the shows, he came to the gigs, he liked the band, he said, you know, next time I'll bring you for a week. Right. And then the next time it was a little longer, and the next time it was a little longer. And after like three or four years, we were doing like a month tour. It, it, but it was slow. Right. It was a building process because just because he knows us mm. doesn't mean any of his promoters know us. Right. He has to sell us to the promoter. He yep. says, hey, I've got this new band. You're really going to like them. And this promoter's going, never heard of them. And right so, but it's, yeah, so yeah, it's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, and there's all these stories, you know, like, you know, Pat Metheny getting in the van and just driving around and right. playing anywhere they, anywhere they could, you know, just as long as they had the gig, they were, you know, they were that committed to it and they did it and, and look, it worked out okay for him, you know, I mean, but ultimately, why did it work out okay? The music was the most important yeah. thing. Yeah. And, um, and I just, you know, I think some there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, selling the sizzle and not the steak. Right. Yeah, you, you know, when you say, when you make a, a, a statement like, what's your advice for a young guy out there who's going to do this or that? What's mm -hmm. your advice? The first thing I would have to say was, is it a young guy who's really great or mm -hmm. is it a mediocre young guy? Right. And that right. is where... You know, where the, the guy that's really amazing, it's like one of the guys that I play with over at Bruce's school, if this is like this 20-year-old guy who's like approaching me with how do I do it, I'm going to give him different advice if he plays his fucking ass off and, and he's so amazing. I'm like, dude, you're, it's just going to happen for yeah. you. You're not going to have to make that much effort because when people hear you play, they're going to want you to play with them because you're so good. Yeah. Yeah. As if another right. mediocre guy is right. just like, ah, you right. know. No, like, but I mean, uh, I tell everybody kind of the same thing. You know, I, mean, I was asked this once at a school and everybody thought I was going to get fired. But uh, I just said, you know, they said, well, what's your advice? You know, and I said, be a badass.